The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Monday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And we are so glad you're with us today and taking a few moments out of your day to study the Word of God with us. And as we start this week off together, we're so glad you're with us. We're going to be, as we've been continuing in our study through the book of Psalms, we're going to be in Psalm 126 today. And 126 is a unique passage in the fact that it's one of those actually written by someone else. We believe this probably to be written by Ezra, more than likely, as he's describing some of the events taking place here. So let's go ahead and I'm going to read the section of Scripture, then we'll go back and unpack the different verses. Psalm 126, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth in weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So when we look at the scripture, we, we are talking about the time, if you remember that one of the times of captivity, Ezra and a, a remnant of Israel had gone back for the purpose of rebuilding the temple and rebuilding, as we know later, Nehemiah comes along in this connection as they, as they rebuild the walls. But we see they go back and they're leaving captivity to go back and reestablish Jerusalem. And so really what we're seeing here is we're seeing the conversation about the excitement of being let out of captivity and be able to go back to their homeland and, and to begin the process of all that would entail in the reestablishment of Jerusalem, a place they had really not been in, in in, in a, in a long, very long period of time. So let's go ahead and look through these verses and unpack them. There's some great powerful truths in here, beginning in verse 1. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. So he, he begins by introducing the time when God finally turned again and allowed them back. I think it's important for us to take a second and explain the premise of how they get into captivity. It's actually found in the chapter we dealt with on Friday, the chapter prior, Verse 4, do good, Lord, unto those that be good, and to them that are upright in their heart. For as such as turn aside into their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity, but peace shall be upon Israel. So when we go wrong, we said that when they just, when as a nation they decided to go away from following Jehovah God and go with, with the world, they're going to receive the punishment of it, and they would find themselves in captivity. Well, they did, in, in more than one occasion. And so on this occasion, they're being led out of captivity after one of these times, which simply means at some point that the nation, they came back and recognized why they were there and how to get out, and they pled with God to free them from this captivity. God heard their pleas and now is sending them back home. So the Lord had turned, and they were like the dream. They, they were like someone, we've been dreaming about this for years. It's actually happening. Actually, begin to see something we've been praying for and dreaming for for a long period of time. Verse 2, Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. Uh, first of all, obviously, it starts off, our, we have laughter and singing, and our, we, we're just filled with joy and excitement. It's simply put, they were just, ex, uh, there was exuberance in that, to the point where the world, the Bible says heathen, that, that would be the unsaved at this time, or the, the, those outside of Israel, we would call them the unsaved. But we, they looked in the heathen, the world looked at that and said, their God has done a great thing for them. Look what their God has done for them. Look how God has rejuvenated them and brought them back. And 
so God's working in where they were and bringing them back because of their repentance was something the world even recognized. And I think there's a great principle we can see there that when we are willing to come before God and acknowledge our wrongdoing, repent and go back and do the first works that was said in Revelation and, you know, in Chronicles of my people which are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. These are the principles that are, are applied here. And so we can have those same blessings and the world could see it. When we get right with God, there is an amazement about how we have the Holy Spirit in us and the world should recognize that. The world should recognize uniqueness in us, not weird. But not judgy, not judgmental, but, but loving and gracious, but having the Holy Spirit, something the world doesn't have, that should be something recognized by the world. But that was something they said, even the world recognized what God had done. In verse 3, they continue, The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. That's simplistic in it. Obviously, they're happy for what God has done. Verse 4, Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Now, you ask the question, if they're back from captivity, why is he asking them to remove them from captivity? Well, simple answer is when Ezra first went back, there was a small remnant of Israel that went with them. It wasn't the entire nation. And, and so what, what they're praying is, Lord, would you let everybody back, bring everybody back? And so he's using the description that there's a stream in the south, southern side of the city that, frankly, in the desert time, in the summertime, of things, because it was a desert area, it was usually dry as a bone. But when the winter season would come, there was a lot of rain and or moisture and the stream would be overflowing. Is it so like the stream in those times where it's overflowing, just bring everybody back. Bring a flood of people back. Let all of us come back together to what we remember and rebuild and, and re, uh, rekindle all that we enjoyed or heard about as a nation. Most of them only heard about what it was like at some point. Many of them remembered, but a large portion of these people, they, they, they were in captivity. They kind of accepted it as more than once. You kind of have to. You grew up in it. And now to go back to all what they'd heard from maybe ancestors or grandparents or, thing, or parent, parents, it would be intriguing for them to go back and see it. So he's praying for a full reunion of all of Israel to come back. And you know that if you study some other sections of Scripture, you'd find them in some occasions when Israel was let out, people got so comfortable in their captivity, they just stayed there. They didn't go back to Israel. And going back to Israel would be complicated. You have to rebuild. But, you know, there's a simple principle that we could easily, if we're not careful, be so comfortable in the world that we forget this is not what God intended for us. There's so much more. And we don't have to live in the confines of this world. God's desire is so much more for us. The last two verses are unique in the aspect that there's some great principles for here, but for what we're looking at today, but for us, uh, there is it's a very much a principle. It was meant for Israel, but the application is very much practical for today. Verse 5, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Uh, so you've got a bunch of people that have been begging God to bring Israel back. Now they have joy. They've been, they've been break, shedding tears over it. Now they will reap in joy because of it. Then in verse 6, he that goeth forth in weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So those that go, hopefully, you know, trying to encourage people to come will bring with them more. So what we see here in the practical side today is that those of us as Christians that will go forth weeping, understanding, and we look at it from the point of view of trying to reach the unsaved. It's not about converting them just to our belief system or saying, hey, you're wrong and we're right. It's so much more than that. It's the fact that because the word of God and Jesus is the only way to heaven, all the other belief systems, not even whether right or wrong, there's only one way to heaven, that's Jesus. So we're trying to share with them the truth. Not that, hey, we're right, you're wrong, but this is just simply the truth. And the truth sets you free. 
And so if we go in weeping, bearing precious seeds, the precious seed of the word of God teaching, will doubtless at some point come again with rejoicing and bringing sheaves or bringing those with him that they have introduced to Jesus and brought back. It's a goal, it's a dream, a desire of Christians that at some point as we rekindle, this, this Israel coming back to Jerusalem will be, a, and please understand, I don't believe that church is a, is renewal of Israel. But there are some great principles a church can learn from Israel. And in this situation, the principle is that if we could stop living in the comfort of the world and recognize that we need to get back on fire for God and get right with God and stop just accepting the world as it is, but say we don't have to live according to that. And when we, when we get right with God, we call it revival. is a great way to put it today. Then it would rekindle our desire to bring more with us back to this, what God really intended in, in bringing more, bringing our sheaves or bringing others with us who have heard the truth. And there could be a great revival, not only in our, our families and our churches, but in our local area. What an excitement that would be for God to kindle, rekindle the area with his love through his church. That He did it through Israel in the Old Testament. He does it through the church today. And what a powerful truth that is. And what a wonderful reminder that God still wants to work and God still loves us and God still uh, works through us to reach others. And maybe a challenge for us to say, I want to do that. I, you know, maybe there are some we will pray for for long periods of time, but God would convert them. I was just reading a book not long ago, talked about a man. It was really about prayer, but he mentioned the fact that this, this speaker, this preacher had prayed for years for five different people to be converted. And it was like six years where he'd prayed over and over. In fact, I think two of them, if I remember the story correctly, did not get saved until after this preacher had passed away. But all of them converted at some point after years and years of him just praying for them. This prayer, this is the idea of talking about. This prayer is powerful. May we continue to go to him in that prayer. Well, I thank you for joining us today on this Monday morning. I hope that we would embrace what we hear in this passage about the idea of rekindling and knowing that what God has for us is so much better than this world can offer. And may we come and embrace that and enjoy that in our Christian lives. And I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being part of this podcast and the opportunity we have to share it with you. I hope it's an encouragement. I hope it's a help. And I hope this week you have a great week as you seek God and see how God may use you somehow where you are for His glory. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.